Hello, you're listening to Deathbed Discs with your host, Jade Robles. On this podcast, I ask my guests to bring five songs that they want played at their funeral. In 2018, three people very close to me died in the space of eight months, and it changed my perspective on grief and death forever. It opened my eyes to the often sad, strange, and sometimes even a little bit funny world of both death and grief, and how important it is to talk openly about it. And what better way to talk about it than through music? Today, I'm joined by the lovely Claire Eureka Davis, fashion designer, stylist, creative, and tarot queen, amongst many, many things. She's also the founder of the iconic London-based fashion brand, Hanger, and most recently the founder of the creative consultancy, Cogdis, based in Copenhagen and London. And to top it all off, she has just opened up her own tarot reading platform, High Priestex. Welcome, Claire. (laughs) Thank you. I know, what a mouthful, so many things. (laughs) So many fingers and so many pies, but that's what we like to see. Yes, I know. I literally can't help myself. No, it's great. And I love the kind of combination from sort of latex and fashion all the way to tarot reading. Yeah. I mean, they're all all the same kind of vibe, really. It's all all related. Exactly, exactly. So let's get into it, Claire. Um, Have you ever thought about your funeral before? Oh, my God. I literally have always thought about it. I think... Um, That's like the perfect first answer for Deathbed Disc. I mean, yeah, because when you <laughs> when you sent me the email about this, I was like, this is great. I obviously think about this all the time. Um, right. I mean, my, my best friend, I'm always saying, like you said, if there's something that I'm like, oh my God, that crypt is super chic, this is what I want. <laughs> You know, like I'm, I'm always saying stuff like this. Like, okay, so actually that car for my funeral, I want this one. I'm always doing this kind of like, um, I really love parties. And for me, like funerals are a party, but it's also the mm. party where I'm not physically going to be here. So I'm, that's why I'm like telling people what I want mm-hmm. because I, I don't want it to be shit. Obviously, it's not going to be shit if my friends organise it, but I want it to be what I want, you know, and people don't Mm. think about this enough. And once you're dead, you can't really give the instructions. You have Mm. to start now. So Mm -hmm. I've always thought about it. Um, I've never been, you know, I think I'm one of those, like, I I think it's strange in England, at least, because that's where I was born and grew up. Mm -hmm. To think about death in a way where you're, like, not scared of it. I've never been, like, scared of the idea of death or um, to be honest I've always thought that that was so infantile (laughs) to be scared of something that everybody's gonna go through it's like no big deal you know everybody dies relax yeah like you want it to just be vibe you know Mm. that's what I've always thought so I've kind of low-key always been planning or thinking about my funerals and thinking about I wonder if I have a carriage and like, if I do how many horses or maybe I'm going to have like a really amazing hearse or like, you know, who knows? Maybe it's going to be a yacht party. There are many (laughs) options that are like not being explored, you know? 
Yeah, well, it's super important. And I think you hit the nail on the head before just saying how like we don't we don't plan this enough and um, we're not used to planning it and we're not used to talking about it. Um, yeah. You know, even the other day, my mum, who's now used to me talking about death a lot and has been used to mm -hmm. talking, um, hearing me for the last three years, like bang on about it all the time. I asked her the other day, like, what would you like? And she was like, what do you mean? What do I want? How could you ask me that? And I'm like, what, did you really think that I'm not going to ask you? Me of all attention? people, yeah. <laughs> like, like also, hello. you're going to die too. Like, don't you want it to be cute? I asked my mum that too. Um, and what did she say? She just actually gave me a real answer. She was like, oh, I want to be buried here and like mm. cremated. And I was like, great, good to know. She doesn't care about the other stuff. You know, she's not asked about partying. She's like super quiet Japanese woman. She just wants to be like in the place that she wants to. Everything's nice, simple, done. Mm. So I was like, cool, now I know. Excellent. If I didn't know, then maybe I would get it wrong. You know, like, mm. I don't know why people are so scared about talking about this as if they're like the odd person of human kind who's going to be immortal and never going to die like it's kind of ridiculous mm. why do you think then that some people find it difficult what people, do you think that kind of is i think that people are scared of death like everything about western culture is about avoidance mm. and like this obsession with like positivity you know it's like toxic positivity so when like oh my god you can't talk about death because that's morbid but like to avoid something makes it like a trillion times worse because it's like some elephant in the room that everybody's going to go through mm. but you like aren't allowed to talk about it's just like so strangely ignorant um that idea it's like people think of death as some like looming demon and if you just don't talk about it it goes away yeah, or it won't happen. It's kind yeah. of like, it's just, you know. It's but then, like, there, yeah. everybody knows that, everybody knows that everyone dies. Like, mm. you know, every like, how can you not know that? You'd have to be clinically insane or maybe an infant of, like, mm. really young. Like, everybody else knows. So, for me, it just baffles me how people can be so ignorant of something which is, like, an app, the biggest fact of life. Mm. You know, we're born and we die. And just like mm -hmm. be like, no, I don't want to talk about it. Avoid it, avoid it. Because that is, you know, that's how what we do with so many other things. We avoid things that yeah. are like, quote unquote, bad. Because if we yeah. avoid them, you know, we don't have to address it. But it's going to happen every anyway. As you know, it's what happens with everything else. Like, like racism, class mm -hmm. struggles, all of that stuff. People like, I can't, if I can't see it, it can't see me. You mm -hmm. know, like a kid playing it's hide and happening. seek. Right. Like, come on, babe. It's still there anyway. Might as well look at it. And when you look at and something. And address it. Address it. And call it by its name. Yeah. Right. If you look at something and talk to it, it's much less scary than like this fantasy demon that you're imagining is there. It's actually like not even that deep if you just like address it, basically. Yeah. I think also that helps you to see life, you know, different, you know, like. I don't know about you, but when when I experienced death very sort of closely, it did give me this sense and this feeling that life wasn't that like that I shouldn't be taking things so seriously anymore anyway, because it kind of just almost like reduces things in a way, not in yeah. a not in a negative way of reduction. You know, if anything more, it enhances life, but but in a way which is like, well, 
actually nothing is that important or nothing is that crazy. Like, yeah, this is all kind of part of it, yeah. which I find. Well, I think like going through death or a close death or just experiencing it is obviously transformative because, mm. you know, you're really then faced with our mortality especially if yep. you haven't really been thinking about that before. And when mm. you recognize mortality, you live more. Once you know that death is there, you're like, oh my God, I'm alive. Yeah. You know, but if you're running away from death the whole time, you're or you're never really fully leaning into the other side. You're just like, ah, you know? So it's like, you know, when my dad died, it totally changed my entire life. But I mean, even since I was a kid, I'd be like, well, I'm going to do this thing because I could literally walk outside and get run over by a bus. You know, yeah. these things happen to people. It's not rare, you know, yep. for people to just die randomly. I don't yeah. even think, you know, I don't even think that that's necessarily a bad thing. I'm not going to be mad if I die in some sort of freak accident. That's just the way it is. But, mm. you know, like to really be conscious of, how fleeting a time we have here makes you live more and makes you excited and also thinks, you know what, at least I'm alive. So yeah. let me try this, this and this, you know, like and I just could to literally be dead. Moment. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's just like, once you come close to death, you actually know how to live. That's why a lot of other countries who uh, embrace death, talk about it normally, openly celebrate it, also yeah. live as if they're alive. And not mm. as if they're like preserved mummies just avoiding everything in their fucking casket, you know, like the I English that, do. Yeah. <laughs> Live like they're alive. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. So, um, Claire, what is your first song? And can you briefly tell us why you've chosen it for your funeral? Okay, so the first song, basically, um, I wanted to do it in the order of how I would organise the funeral. Mm-hmm. So the first song I I'm wanted... loving the organization. Yeah, well, I have a lot of planets in Capricorn. So <laughs> I have organized it already. And okay, so as I did in my dad's funeral, I did my dad's funeral was very musical. Amazing. So you know, you do the you do the songs in a story. I want people to feel a journey. So the mm. first song I've chosen is Nobody Does It Better by Nate Dogg and Warren G. Because I want people to think nobody did it better than Claire, right? <laughs> when they're like carrying me into the whatever the place is and everyone's like, oh my God, I can't believe it's Claire's funeral. Then they hear this song, you know, the silken voices on this track. It's like uplifting. It's also facts, you know? Basically, mm. I just, I absolutely love this song. It's a great car song too, and cars love my life basically as well. Nobody does it better. Just spit it so it's time to concoct. 
No one can do it better like this two-man crew They say we one here to quit us Now what y'all gonna do? Always into something, that's my name Only out for money, hey, cause that's the game People always ask me why I'm out for scratch He who has the most is he who won the match Strike one, me and Nate Dog is a match Strike two, leave them standing still in their tracks Strike three, you can call us 213 It's the L and the B that makes me act like a G My exhibition started back in 93 When wasn't nobody listening but Warren and me To all the non-believers now I bet you see Nobody does it better than me They can come closer than close Yeah Original they never will be We bump it from coast to coast Yeah, yeah Thank you, Claire, for bringing that song onto Deathbed Disc today, because that is an absolute banger. Isn't it so good? It's, it's so like, good. It's so groovy. So, it's like, smooth. Yeah, smooth. It's like a velvet song. Mm. I love it. So, Claire, I'm really interested in hearing more about your journey with tarot. Um, yes. It's actually one that I've, I wouldn't, I don't think I can say I'm on a journey with tarot. I, I kind of am, but I, I'm very... I'm very curious about it and super keen to understand it. And I'm, I mm-hmm. kind of like dabble in it a yeah. very tiny little bit. Right. But I'm super, super keen, interested to hear from you yeah. what your journey with tarot is. Um, and then my other question would be, and what kind of link you think if there is one with like death or how can we use tarot in kind of finding meaning with, with death and grief? Oh, okay. Big question. Double, so, double, double, double loaded question. Big question. We'll, so, we'll start with the first one. First things first, tarot. So basically, I have a couple of friends who'd introduced me not to tarot, but to other types of cards, which you would call like oracle cards. So like mm. a moon themed deck or a goddess themed deck. And they'd done like simple, you know, we'd like meet up at the full moon and do like cute readings together. Which it um, has just been a full moon. And... Oh my God, the full moon yesterday. The full moon was insane. So I just oh, had to had to put it in there. <laughs> yeah, it's, some crazy shit is going on. A lot yes. of crazy stuff is happening at the moment. And that moon was like extra spicy. Like, I need it to was, sleep for a was, while. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, basically we would do, so, you know, around moments like this when the energy mm-hmm. is high, right? Um, and then one evening I was like, just realized that actually looking at the messages in the card was really easy for me to understand and actually Mm. translate that to my friends. So I went home and I was like, oh, well, I don't know why I'd never thought of it before. But I was like, oh, like, why don't I buy one of these? I could just buy my own deck. I don't know why I'm waiting to go around my friends. I'll just get my own. So I did that. I I found a deck because I don't know. I don't really like traditional tarot cards. Um... For some reason, I think it's just my, I'm always like that. If it's the standard thing, I'm like, I don't want that. It's so boring. Everybody has it. I want a different version. Mm. So I like obviously went into some deep hole on the internet and found like this set of, um, it's like a tarot of gemstones and crystals. And Amazing. it literally looks like if your granddad, kind of chic, aesthetic driven granddad created a tarot deck. A funky um, granddad. Yeah. It's like really vibey. It doesn't have any people on it. It's literally just different stones. Okay. And the names of the card. So I bought that and I was like, yay, excited. I hadn't really used it. I went to see my healer, who's actually kind of like my business 
uh, we talk about business, but also she's kind of my mentor now. So I went and met with her, spoke about this thing. I was planning on doing some stuff with Hang On, changing it a bit. She was like, look, Claire, what you've just spoken to me about was like really fucking boring. So <laughs> what else is going on? <laughs> I was like, you know what, Kate, you are absolutely right. Like, I was bored telling you about that. Like, bored let's, myself. let's just put that in the bin. I'm not doing any of that anymore because like, it's obviously crap. Um, and I was like, what else is going on? I started doing the poll and then I bought a tarot deck and she was like, that tarot, that's it. So we did like this quick meditation um, where I like shuffled a deck in my mind, pulled a card, which was the five of swords, which was exactly what we were talking about. Then I went home, opened the deck, shuffled the deck. This card flies out, literally flies out onto the floor. And I was like, wow, bitch. This is crazy, <laughs> you know, when... Funky the, granddad, what have you given me? <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is like, this deck or whatever I'm doing is so extremely loud. There is nothing that I can do from now on, but focus all my attention on this, learn wow. everything and become a master. So that's exactly what I did. Incredible. <laughs> also... Um, I will say, I'm not sure if many people understand this, but my Mars is in Sagittarius in the ninth house, which means that like, I am so driven to study and learn. It's almost bordering on obsessive. So I did, basically, I just like digested all of these books loads and was just reading for everybody straight away. You know, wow. I'm not really like, I have actually a lot of confidence. So I'm never worried about getting anything wrong I just wanted to like test and you know who wants a bloody reading sit here and like let me pull some cards for you and see what comes out you know because Amazing. also you know with anything that's like tarot it's not my opinion I'm literally just saying what I see Mm. You know? And there's also no no right or wrong. It's just, yeah. you know, it's just a, a direction. So I wonder then, how can we be using tarot, I guess, to kind of channel our relationship with death or grief? Yes. Okay. So what I kind of stumbled into, I suppose, is I did this spread one time, which actually on like, you know, what, who are your guides? It's like a spirit mm. guide. Um spread and then I did the spread and in doing the spread when it came to the question of like you know what guides are around you now the card which was which um represents my dad came out in that position and I was like wait does that mean that like you're here right now and then I pulled some cards to like clarify that and it was like obviously yes lol I'm here but you know <laughs> so it's like I mean I kind of found that accidentally through that I hadn't really intentionally gone that way thought about yeah or like mm. thought of it as that kind of a tool before but you know after that I was like oh my god duh like of course I could talk to him through this like any kind of divination tool if it's like tarot a pendulum the I Ching astrology whatever it is you know, mm. all of those things are just like modes of communication basically so I mean if you're one of those people that like believes in you know our spirit being present even when we're not physically here or the afterlife, yeah. you know, any of those things, of course, like you can use these things to communicate. Like tarot is literally, it's like, um, it's almost like a dictionary, but a dictionary that's made of chunks of little stories that like fit together, like puzzles, you know, when you draw them together, they each, mm. they paint an individual picture 
depending on the composition and what you put together. So essentially it's like, it's a great tool to communicate with people who may not be physically here. But also I think that if you are using the tarot, there's two, I mean, I say two is probably more than two, spoiler loads, but you know, a lot of people are using tarot because they believe in like something else, which is intangible, which mm. is like spiritual consciousness, whatever it is, or they're coming at it from like some sort of like psychoanalysis, you know, self-reflective mm. um, type of angle, which I also really love, you know, both of them I rate. But if you're coming at it from the spiritual angle, basically, what you're saying is you believe that there is something else that inherently in, in using it, you are connecting with that otherness and, you know, mm. expanding what your reality is and understanding that there actually is other things which aren't what we can see or physically touch. Yeah. So that in itself kind of just expands your consciousness or how you experience the physical plane. You know, yeah. it like really opens up your mind once you like see, oh, you can shuffle some cards and then the universe is telling you something really clearly. It's yeah. like, oh, it's actually not just this. There's actually yeah. loads of other loads stuff going on. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like one of my favorite cards in, in tarot is the death card. It's and that's, one of the best. Yeah. And it's such a powerful card because I think when people who don't do tarot like see that card they're always really shocked by it and like oh my god does this mean someone's gonna die does this mean me. I'm dead like you know all of these weird <laughs> Am things. Am I dead right now? Well, yeah, yeah like yeah. <laughs> but it's such a beautiful card you know because it really just talks about and you you will obviously know more than me but from what I know from my kind of like sort of first in readings with tarot is just like this rebirth and this like end of end of something but beginning mm -hmm. of something new and it's such a hopeful card right and it's yes. like talks about kind of this regeneration it talks about the future almost and letting go of of so many things to let other things in um and um it's funny one of my first cards that I got actually around that time was the death card and I yes. did link it a lot with it with kind of those with sort of the deaths that had happened, but also it's um, interesting to see that and, and almost yeah. apply that then to like how we see death and, and yeah. grief almost, yeah. Like I, I love the death card. Like every, I think of the death card basically as um, the compost heap, mm. you know? It's like when you, something is finished, you commit it back to the earth, put it in the compost heap, let it break down. And then something new and beautiful sprouts from this always. That's what compost is for. Mm. You know, when it's done, it's done. We don't try and like preserve it in a glass vase. You stick it on the compost, compost it, it's done. Like it's also just part of the... The cycle. It's, but you know, we literally, everybody talks about like this circle of life and yet they're like, ah, no, but death. You know, it's like, <laughs> of, of course, the whole thing is a wheel, babe. Like, yeah. you know, you stick things in, you get things out. Like that's the like regeneration, like of life. It's yeah. amazing. I love the death card. It's literally my favourite. But also, yeah. um, I love endings. I love to end things. I'm also always that person who's like, you know, don't be scared of the breakups. Good for you. Because it is. Mm. Because every time you make an ending, there is a chance to rebirth Yeah. in that moment, you know. And if you're That's scared so of endings, you you never transform. And like this life is literally for transformation. Otherwise, what are we doing here? It's so boring. I'm just sitting with that because I love that. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's so true. It is. It is. It's just cycles, isn't it? It is just that kind of cycle. And I think we do, especially in the kind of more Western world, we're just so used to like feeling that we need to continue and continue and continue and just that fear of breaking and that fear of change Mm -hmm. and that fear of like not wanting things to end consumes us and I think that also lends itself into into why we're we're just scared of death because it's the most ultimate physical end yeah it's not the emotional one but it definitely is a physical one right exactly yeah the fear of quitting is so boring Mm. I'm really over it (laughs) so Claire what is your second song and please tell us why okay my second song oh my second song's (laughs) a good one is obviously Erica Badu. Um, and I mean, I had a tough time choosing which one. Um, but I think it's going to be Times Are Wasting because, I mean, the title, Let's Not Waste Our Time on Earth, mm. right? Such a relevant title. Very relevant. Erica obviously speaks to my heart. I love her so much. Mm. Um, and this is like the part of the funeral where people are like talking about me and how much like um how great I was how the good times we had together you know and how we didn't waste our time together basically this is that cute time in the middle a great song to be listening to right relaxing mm, it is oh it's God. got such a chill like it just really kind of really mellow just really really nice right contemplate life to that one yeah <laughs> so 
I know that your mum is Japanese. Yeah. And your dad was Jamaican. Yeah. Um, and you grew up in London. Mm-hmm. So I've one of the things that I love about Deathbed Discs and which I love about just kind of this exploration anyway with, with death and grief and funerals is how different places around the world, you know, deal with the subject. So I wonder for yourself, like growing up with with such a like un-Western world, like, you know, kind of view on life with your mom and your dad, how that has affected how you see see death and grief. And ironically, well, not ironically, but obviously having grown up in London, which is such mm-hmm. a closed society. Yeah. Uh, such a, has a more closed approach to these topics. I wonder how that, all those three together have, you know, um, affected your view on these topics. Ooh, that's quite a tough one because even though, you know, my dad was Jamaican, he was the first of his siblings born in London and my mum is Japanese, but also like it's not, she's not very traditional in that she doesn't really, how do I say, like pass her cultural traditions. Mm. She didn't really do that with like me or my brother. And my dad didn't in like a very literal sense, but also because he was very separated from a lot of his cultural heritage, you know, like being the first of his siblings born in London, Mm. like a lot of his attitudes were inherently Jamaican, but also very informed by English culture. So they were like almost, there was kind of like a part divorce from their cultural heritage and those kind of attitudes in a way, or at least that history, um, you know? Mm. So, but I think saying that, you know, like my dad, me and my dad always had like a very similar idea about death. You know, we used to talk about it all the time because like, you know. I was going to ask you, did you talk about it? Yeah, life is supposed to be celebrated. When we would have a funeral, Mm. he would obviously be one of the people to get up and talk and talk about, you know, celebrating the life and really Mm -hmm. remembering that life is transient and can be gone in a minute. You know, he was always had that attitude and me and my dad are very, very similar. So we had the same attitude, basically. And that, I think, in him was a personality trait, but also deeply cultural, you know, it is the Jamaican vibe. Like in Jamaica, when you have a funeral, it's not like, oh, one day you go to a church and you sob to some shit songs. Like you have a party for at least a week. Every Mm. element of the funeral, like the grave digging is a party, like everything is a party and everybody who's in the area is coming, you know? That's so interesting. It's such a like community vibe, right? Like everybody is involved, whether you must know the person or not, I would imagine as well. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're part of the community, you're coming and it's a celebration Mm. of life. Like Mm -hmm. it's for me, even though I am technically English in some ways, that I've never understood why death has to be sad. For me, it just doesn't make sense. Like, why make it a sad occasion? Why is everyone supposed to, like, listen to things that are dry, cry the whole time and just have a crap time? Mm. You know, like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, it's supposed to, like, it's the last event of your life. It should be Mm. great, you know? So me and my dad used to always talk about those kinds of things. But I also, 
I was always very aware, like I was born in London and I grew up there for a bit, but when I was a teenager, we moved to near Cambridge. So in the middle of the countryside, that was like, you know, uber white. And then that, I think that was where I really realized that my attitudes, I mean, around anything were like, Mm. oh my God, this is so fucking alien. What is she talking about? Why is she not scared about these things? You know, so like, uh, for me, I always had the same attitudes. Like I was born yeah. with this attitude. With that, and like, yeah. Yeah. Nobody could convince me otherwise because I'm just like, your alternative just sounds worse than, than mine. It's so interesting because a lot of the time, I guess, um, these attitudes or the, the views change when there has been a major event, such as the passing of someone close. So it's really, mm-hmm. it's really such a testament to your dad and your mum and yourself obviously but like the fact that you've grown up with this kind of fire inside you and this belief in in the way life should be and I think that a lot of people aren't privy to that and aren't you know don't have you know don't grow up like that I think my me myself like I don't think I was that in tune at all to these things before I was I've always been very curious and in tune and stuff but never kind of to the extent that I am now and 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 it has changed my my view on a lot of things so it's so it's so lovely and wonderful to hear it like to hear that 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 was such a kind of like deep-rooted thing for you yeah am I right in saying that <laughs> yeah I mean my mom is the opposite my mom is super like um she's really normcore in a lot of ways you know <laughs> I would say things and she'd be like <gasps> Claire, what are you you saying? But um, yeah, like her and my dad are like super different because he's like, you know, very chatty Jamaican dude and she's like super quiet Japanese lady. So it's like, she enjoys it though. It's funny for her. And also I will mention that I'm an Aquarius son. So I was literally born with like strange ideas being like the absolute norm for my life. You know? I love Aquariuses. I always get on very well with Aquariuses. Weird people. <laughs> very intelligent. <laughs> super and clever. Su- super clever people. Very clever people and Thank intuitive. <laughs> it's true. Every single Aquarius I know is super intelligent. So Claire, what is your next song? And please uh, tell us why you've chosen it. Okay. This next song is called Kunta Kinte Dub. It's by the Revolutionaries. You, I'm sure you know this song. It's basically like iconic dub track that this is basically like, okay, maybe we're walking out of the church now. Mm. Um, you know, it's like a movement song. So mm-hmm. maybe everybody is dancing right now. Who knows? It's, it's also <laughs> like the anthem of like black power, essentially. And that's why it's here.
Hello, me again. This week's episode has been sponsored by Aura, a platform run by my good friend Dave and his dad. Together they're trying to normalise conversations around death and grief by giving people the opportunity to plan and organise their end of life together with their loved ones. Basically, you can use Aura to store and share your end of life wishes, funeral plans, including songs, of course, and some other really important bits related to both life and death. It really is quite something, so if you have a moment, check them out at www.aura.life. Right, now back to the show. I've started to see online that some people are beginning to organise like uh, living funerals. Yeah. So they're actually funerals or, like done in, in, in um, wh- whilst the person is alive. So they actually go there and, and they do their whole thing. Oh, cool. So if you're like super old yeah. or you know you're going to die soon... I yeah. would 100% do that. If I always think about, I literally think about this so often. I'm not really sure why. <laughs> but I'm always like, imagine if I got diagnosed with like cancer tomorrow, but like the kind where I'm absolutely riddled. Like it's everywhere. It's in every crevice and there's nothing I can do. So mm. I've got probably like a matter of weeks. Who knows? What would I do? Yeah. I'm I always think it's a question about, that everybody asks. Yeah, yeah. But I'm thinking about it. It doesn't make, it makes me kind of like, it doesn't ever make me sad. It kind of makes me like, ooh, what would I do? There's possible, mm. you know, so many possibilities. I definitely do that, a living funeral. But I always think basically I just have like a massive party. Funerals to me is just throwing a party, right? Mm. Just have a massive party, probably fly everybody to like some island, throw a massive party there, and maybe I'll just die at the end. Cool. Mm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> but really great way to go yeah I mean it's it's a tough one that one it's a really tough one um and I think that is all just down to that kind of approach to how you how you do that right mm-hmm. like I've I've got a situation close by of, of someone our age who has been given a time limit yeah and um it's it's bonkers like it's crazy and I think like it's mm-hmm. I'm quite removed from removed from it so I can't kind of step in but um like I'm seeing kind of how they're unfolding with it and it's it's you know these things are just so complicated and I think sometimes like mm-hmm. would it change when you're in that position right like it's it's yeah it's um I think a lot I don't know I think for a lot of people maybe I actually know that I I wouldn't really be that sad. Mm. But also, like, I know myself so completely. I change all the time, obviously. I also love to change my mind. But I'm not scared of dying. What I'm scared Mm. of is not living properly. Yeah. Like, that's what I have. If there's any fear, it would Mm. be about that. So I also, like, I have to say, I really am not into people being given time frames. Because there's a really, there's a really mental thing about telling someone they're going to live, and then they're like, "Okay, I've it's decided." Yeah, that's the this guy's. This guy's literally been given six months. Yeah, which is I, I myself, I'm like, that's bonkers. Like, what is six months? Because how do you know? You don't even know. Like, yeah, there's so many instances where like these have been proved, obviously wildly wrong like you, yeah, you don't so know much. like six months and then they've gone to live for like 20 years I know I'm like, okay well you've I, I mean if it was in any other industry the 
rate of correction would affect them being able to give out these timeframes, surely. But yeah, mm. everyone's still like, well, we've estimated you've got about this much left. And it's like, fucking do one. Like, what's the use in mm. that? Like, just say, who knows? Could happen soon. Get your shit in order. Do what you want to do with your life. Not, mm. it's, you've got this much left. I'm going to give you that much. Like, that to me is just bullshit. But then what's so ironic about that is that you give it, given, get given the time frame, but then you get told, but these are all the treatments that you can do to like prolong your life that are going to make you like super miserable and that right. are ultimately going to end up probably like you know making that six months less but it's all down to these treatments that also like we're just so obsessed with yeah you know this new and improved treatment that's going to make you and you know at the end of the, and at the end of the day it's like do you really want that like I've seen firsthand what these treatments do and yeah, whilst obviously you know for, for for a lot of people obviously they they save a lot but I've seen the other like really grim effects of what that can ultimately do mm -hmm. and a lot of the time people die from those treatments more than they do from the actual illness because those treatments are oh. so are so you're literally putting venom into your body for most yeah. of them you're literally putting venom into your body like your body cannot stand that how's in it any gonna shape survive when you're already ill like yeah a lot of that I don't know I was talking to someone about this the other day um I think we were watching a show where someone just ended up, you know, getting ill, being in hospital, and then they were like receiving all of these treatments and basically being like preserved. Yeah. Um, in this state, which was just awful, you know, mm. I would l literally rather be dead. Like yeah. I have no desire to be preserved. If, the world has decided that it's my time to die. Cool. I'm ready to go. I, I, this is obviously very personal. I have absolutely no urge <clears throat> to be like preserved in some like crap state where I can't even do anything. That's why I think I was talking to someone about like euthanasia. I'm like, cool, dude, if you want to go die, cool, do what you want. Yeah. It's none Which of right my now business. Is Switzerland. Yeah. 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 I'm heavily into it. And I mm, also like, yeah, am yeah. super against any of that stuff, which is, well, we have this treatment for this, but then it'll have this side effect and blah, blah, mm. blah. If you're meant to die, just give over and just mm. die. It's really not like, you know, it's not that big a deal. I don't think it's that big a deal. I'm sure a lot of other people like dying is the worst thing that happen can happen, but it's like, it's literally not. And our soul doesn't die. Our physical body is like, cool, yeah, it's finished. I mean, it's a one-time use thing. But our actual self, our soul, is about, like, mm. you know, I I just don't really get it. Well, that's part of the work with soul midwifery and, and a death doula really is they step in into that moment into, like, when a person is sort of becoming to be treated as like a number because that that yeah, ends up happening and, exactly. and especially when we're talking in the in the world of illness and disease um they do just become numbers it's like well what treatment can you have and you have to be here on tuesday because you need your therapy and you need yeah. your infusion and you need all these things right mm -hmm. and the whole job of a death doula and of a soul midwife is to make that process more human mm -hmm. is to actually be yeah. like this person is a human being mm -hmm. and they deserve to they deserve to die well. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? Literally. And I think there's there's that whole conversation around what does dying well look like? And I don't think we, 
I don't think even we've be- we've begun to scratch the surface of what dying well looks like because not you know we're, not in Europe or I mean in the UK I'm going to say no 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 a hundred percent yeah there's very so true. many like I I don't know obviously last year I was like I want to be a death doula and I was like okay realistically really? I've got too many other things going on <laughs> I mean that's literally me like I have I keep telling my mentor like right now I'm just really busy I can't but. Yeah, I mean, that's so interesting. Really, did you want to be a death doula? Yeah, I mean, everybody's ideas around death are just so mm. shit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, the whole experience, you know, the whole thing is an experience. We can design the experience so it's enjoyable. Like, if you're dying, cool, like, let's hang out. What would you like to create as, like, a piece of legacy? Like, what would you like to do in your final days? Not just, like, sit in this bed in this room until you die. Like, how boring is that? Like, all mm. of this stuff is, like, those systems are I just rude, you know? Like, th- this is the end of your life. There should be some sort of experience or some way to, like, make this a fulfilling wrapping up of your chapter here on Earth. You know, not just like, oh, clutching at straws and then dead. Like, come on, like, how crap is that? It's And it's mm. so unnecessary. Um, well, it's yeah. also about asking that person, like, what do you want? Yeah, what do you fancy? Like, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to do with the time you have left, you know? Like, and, and, and use it wisely. Like, as you say, a legacy, like, build that legacy for when for when you're gone. Like, it's so important and it's it's crazy, like, just the way, yeah, Death doulas and, and soul midwives have a lot of work, especially kind of in this this kind of society of the way we approach these topics. And it's it's mm-hmm. it's complicated. Like even myself, like I'd love to step in into this situation of this person I know, but I I well they're quite far removed. But yeah, they're not they're not really far removed. But it'd be so difficult for me to go in there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. difficult. Like I'd be taken completely the wrong way. I'd be like so much of an intruder or so like, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like it yeah, would yeah, be, yeah. so I'm kind of just doing it in my own way, like kind of from my own distance. But I mean, it's hard because especially with death, we're conditioned with so many ideas around it. Mm. That if people aren't receptive to even alternative ideas, it can feel like an attack. Yeah. To them, you know, I've spoken to a lot of friends who have. That's so true. That's so true. You know, people get like super defensive or like as if you're being out of order for talking about any other element of death other than tragedy. You know, like death is mm. a tragedy if somebody is murdered mm. or like something truly horrible happens to them. Death is not a tragedy if you are old and die or you get an illness that, you know, is just fate. You know, those are not tragedies. Tragedy Mm. is something which is out of the ordinary, which shouldn't have happened, right? But a lot of people don't enjoy hearing that stuff because they're like, no, it's sadness only. And like, for me, death and grief is joy and sadness simultaneously. If you just take one, it's hollow and it's one side of the coin. And it's just like, oh, I'm just here to wallow um, and not actually have the full experience, which is both. And I've spoken to a lot of my my friends, actually, that I know that had people die close to them. Also, like, you know, a lot of people whose fathers have also died. Yeah. And when I talk to them about, like, my ideas of death, a lot of them are like, wow, that's actually kind of true, but I never thought about it and feel mm. more relaxed afterwards. Uh, but also some other people are like, I hear what you're saying, but I just cannot compute. Yeah. 
I can't like, process it. I yeah. can't even absorb that because it's just like, doesn't, it's like oil and water. Doesn't work with mm. what I've got in here. So I can't hear it, basically. I understand that you think like that, but I can't even process that information. I'm not letting that in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It can be very different. Mm. So Claire, we're coming up to our fourth song on Deathbed Discs. Can you please tell us what it is and why you've chosen it for your okay. funeral? I love I love this song. Okay, this, this is, the song is System of Down Aerials, right? So I love System. I love System. I used to basically only listen to them. And this song is essentially, um, right, so in the part of the party, this is the point where I'm getting like really dramatically lowered into the ground and everyone's weeping at the side, right? Going, oh, and listening to this song by System. I want to like really dramatically cry like in a waterfall with that song playing extremely loudly it's so good <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to ask you obviously be given your expertise and career in fashion mm-hmm. um because I think in terms of the arts there's so much that the arts have to say for uh, giving meaning to death and grief, you know, it's quite, I, guess, I would say obvious or um, that kind of, that connection is more natural in terms of like poetry mm-hmm. or like music, you know, or like art. There's so many painters that have depicted death. But um, I was really interested to ask you if you think there is a connection between death and fashion and and also is there anything in sort of in the history of fashion where they have touched on these topics before. Yeah, okay, so um, personally, when I think yeah. obviously planning the mental vision of my funeral, the main, one of yeah. the main components is obviously the clothes. Which is a, which is also like, <laughs> I actually haven't asked you the question literally, but the question is always, what would you like your guests to wear right, at your funeral? Right, the guests <laughs> obviously have to look fabulous because... It's my funeral. 
Um, of course. One of my favourite colours is black. My second is purple, and then probably third red. But I will accept any colour. You know, people don't have to come wearing <laughs> black. If they just need to be, like, turned up as if they're coming to, like, the mm. function. You know, like, I'm not having casual wear at my funeral. Ready to listen to System of right, a Down. Right, and cry bloody eyes out. And then, <laughs> then party! Because, <laughs> I don't know, like, when I think about... I have some clothes, actually, that I would call, like, the funeral dress or the funeral jacket because it's black and it's chic. You know? So for me... What do you think... But wait, Claire, what do you think then about... I'm, I'm really, like... It's funny, I've heard you talk so much about... The, like I love the way you talk about death and everything and I don't know why I didn't expect you to choose black as any color associated Ooh. with death it's like I'm yeah. interested because like everyone I talk to or have spoken to is like oh definitely not black oh, I don't yeah. want black which is funny because then I haven't seen any funeral that's not black yet but everyone feels very passionate about wearing color that's a kind of oh. general consensus which I love and then I find it funny how then we talk to you black, and you're like baby. black but make a chic of course okay why why let's unpack this let's okay, unpack so this like black is obviously the chicest color black is everything mm -hmm. but also like black is the color of the void you look into space you see black because black is the you know black is the compost heap black is death black is everything together and then you get other colors you know, of course, black represents this is life death. Moment. Like, duh. Although black is really chic as hell. I love black. Also, like, mm -hmm. obviously, I, I spent many years of my life as an intense goth of different iterations. So, <laughs> you know, black is my go-to forever. And then obviously that's why second purple, the second most goth color. So... You know, obviously, like, I love colour. Like, for my dad's funeral, I wore a full red suit with a red Valentino jacket with a black fur trim. It was very chic. Um, that sounds really chic and lovely. <laughs> it was It was great, <laughs> I will say. It looked super good. Um, but, yeah. It looked amazing. I don't know. Like, I, people can wear colour, sure. But I just think, like, black is classic. Black, black, is, black is the colour of death. Everything decays, goes back to black. It's the original. It's the originator. Everything is born from black. Everything will go back to black. As Amy Winehouse did say. As Amy Winehouse, <laughs> she did very famously you say know, that. like, I, yeah, I'm not. Mm, yeah. That's really, that's honestly blown my mind. It's honestly, this is why I love doing this because it genuinely has blown my mind. Like I myself have always been like, no, black, no. You know, black is so just kind of, I want it to feel lighter and it feels too heavy mm. for me. I've always ha had that thing and it's, um, and I'm, I'm just loving hearing this. Like it's just been a kind of real, like, you know, different direction, yeah. like in terms of thinking for me, because it's, it is true. Like everything you're saying about it, I just haven't ever heard it being said to me like that before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people don't really talk about that. I think a lot of people think of like black as the color of sadness, but black has never made yeah, me feel a morning sad. And like, yeah, but also there's like, there's real beauty in mourning and that kind of like real sad grief. You know, like when people are like grieving, you know, I say that it should be like grief and joy at the same time because it needs to be, but you need to fully do both. 
you can't just grieve mm. and you can't just be happy. Like both, like obviously if you're just ecstatic that someone's died, it's pretty weird. And if you're just sad, I think that's just as weird. Mourning isn't sad. It's like part of everything. Like when I die, I want people to be, oh my God, sobbing so much that chest hurts. And then afterwards, like crying with laughter, smoking weed and having a great time. You know, like mm. those real opposites are the meat of it all. Like, and to avoid that mm. is boring. And, you know, it, it's just like, doesn't, it's just rubbish, basically. Yeah. Like, if you're going to grieve, let's do it properly. Let's get into it and let's really be sad. And then let's also really experience joy. I love that. <laughs> Thank you for bringing you're that. You're welcome. So, we're coming up to our last song on Deathbed Discs. Okay. Can you tell us the name of it? Okay. And briefly why you've chosen it. All right. I'm going to tell you the story of this song. My dad, when he died, I, um, I didn't know until afterwards, but he posted this song on his Facebook feed the night before he died. I didn't know because I had my dad blocked on my Facebook. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> I was, I'm, I'm smoking way too much weed for you to be looking at my Facebook. And also this was a few years ago when I kind of still used it a little bit. So he posted this before, like he knew he was going to die. He, knew, Of course he knew. He'd been saying stuff to me like in a few months before that, like insinuating that he might die soon. And I'd be like, oh my God, stop chatting shit. Like you're super young. He was 57. He was really young. Um, And then I was... Can I ask, what, what did he, what did he, he die of? He died a heart attack, like, just like that, in the middle of the night. He was wow. somewhere random. There's a whole mystery story around it. I will literally never know. I also don't really care that I don't know. He's dead. What am I going to do? You know? Um, but yeah, he posted this. And then I, when I saw this, I was like, oh my God, mind blown. Also, tune. <laughs> so I'm play I played this at his funeral. I would play this at my funeral, but like probably at the after party in the pub. Okay. And but the yeah, wake. The wake, lol. By the way, the obviously the, I love the that. song is called Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. Don't fear the reaper, take my right. hand. message. Did you hear it? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> 
communication. Right. When I played that at the funeral, there were a lot of tears. And rightly so. Like, are you listening? Like, he's not scared. You should also not be scared. It's funny because also with the Reaper, I just think of the Reaper in The Sims. And I can never take (laughs) the Reaper quite seriously. The name of the Reaper. Stonehead who's just like chilling. He's like, cool, are you ready? You want to come? Or Yeah. (laughs) So we're coming to the end of Deathbed Discs. um, And I have one last question for you, which I feel has kind of been answered already, but I'll ask it anyway. How would you like to be remembered? Oh, my God. How would I like to be remembered? Wow. I'm not really sure. I think that I want people to remember my essence, you know, Mm. like as if I was a flavor. What, you know, what did it taste like? What's the experience like? I love it. There's, because I do so many things. So I don't want to be remembered as a certain thing. I'm not one thing at mm. all. Like I'm actually like really weird. Um, quite an intense geek, but also like you know I've got some good stuff going on. So I just want people to remember my vibe, the energy. You mm. know, what mm-hmm. does my energy feel like? That's what I want people to remember. I love that. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on Deathbed Discs today. It has been. It's just been amazing to talk to you. So I just wish that we could like condense this kind of condense the last hour into like little little pods of magic to sprinkle on on people. (laughs) You want to hear about some death shit? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think that everyone could do with listening to the last hour. So, um, So yeah, so thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful. Thank you for tuning in to Deathbed Discs. It's been a pleasure to have you with us and I really hope you can listen to the next one. If you'd like to write in about anything that we've talked about on the show or even want to send us your own song choices, you can email us at deathbeddiscs at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at deathbeddiscs. This show has been produced by Audio Commune and sponsored by Aura. And lastly, don't forget to tune into our Spotify Deathbed Discs playlist where you can listen to all the songs in their full, uncut and beautiful glory. Until next time, take care and see you soon.